0: and welcome to development heaven i'm vincent marinelli and i'm glenn Cagle. it's a design podcast where the two of us talk about development hell and the changes all your favorite pieces of media go through Uh, this week glenn it's uh sci-fi but first i had a question for you what's your question vincent hey so can general grievous have sex i'm doing i'm doing a star wars thing this week and it's got me thinking
1: It, it depends on
0: how you define sex vincent how do you define sex Are we
1: talking, like, physical uh, intercourse, or are we just talking about, like, an emotional, uh, like, exchange between two
0: people who feel deeply for each other? I don't think General Grievous can have an emotional connection with anybody else. You're right. Either way, the answer is no. Hmm. All right. Makes sense. Makes sense to me. Well, it's sci-fi, right? So, uh, cyborgs are prevalent in all of sci-fi. Yep. I've just been reading uh, Battle Angel Alita.
1: Pretty good. Is that a manga? Yeah. You didn't know? Sick. Alright, cool. Yeah, I all well bad. I didn't I couldn't remember. It's like um, one of the classic like cyberpunk nineties manga types. Tight.
0: Can a elite a battle angel have sex? So here's the thing, yes, here's my question. That's right? like
1: uh, a <laughs> it's very sexualized. Cool,
0: cool. The the I, writer's very horny. Okay. Um, it, it's just, you know, I was thinking about, I would love at some point a list of all of the cyborgs in media and whether or not they can or just can't like have a, sex. a yes, no. Like, yes, no chart of all the cyborgs. A yeah, okay. Starting with the first cyborg, General Grievous. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what would... It, who do you think the first cyborg was? General Grievous. What cybernetic enhancement do you think you'd want? If you could... Well, okay. Let me rephrase. Mm-hmm. What cybernetic enhancement would be worth removing your penis for? Answer me this. I see. Is it just like off my
1: imagination or do you have a list? No, no.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's an A, B, C, or D. No, which, which, uh, what, just in general? Well, you see, the thing is,
1: uh, x-ray vision would be useless at this point.
0: Sure, because x-rays exist. Or because windows exist. Because I don't have a penis oh yeah that one too i guess super strength again the main
1: purpose of that is to get more ladies
0: mm. swoon girls like. sure
1: i feel like you know what i mean uh-huh if, if
0: we're if what's we're the getting point of real? what's the point of flying if you can't hold a right dame in your arms and let her touch the clouds or whatever sure
1: yeah well i guess i could still do that i guess i could still do that without a penis
0: so you're taking you're you're taking a different approach than I was thinking about this <laughs> just because my idea wasn't like which of these powers was for women it's which of these powers is great enough I never have to think about sex again in my life you know what i mean Oh, oh So okay. for me yeah. it would be jumping really high Really Like how about this Like robot legs for jumping so i could be the best basketball player
1: Okay okay that's fair that's fair Yeah I was going to say um you know that new uh series, the new um I don't know if it's a comic book or what whatever, but it's it's about the uh like new it's I think it's a Marvel comic book and they're like like kid superheroes and they're like all supposed to be like Gen Z like types.
0: Like the kid that uh inhaled meme. Inhaled gas.
1: internet gas and now he's yeah. like connected to the internet. That's what I'm thinking. Like seamless connection to the internet. Like I, I want to know something and I just know it. I want to see something, and I can just see it. Except it's it's like wrong half the time because it's just like the top result on Google. (laughs) So you would give up your penis for a shitty superpower. Well, one man's trash is another man's treasure, Vincent.
0: Nah, I'll take it. Uh, Glenn, who's going for us this week?
1: Well, here's the thing. Um, so okay, I we talked about true randomness a while back, Mm -hmm. and uh, the hunt for true randomness kind of has found the holy grail in uh, radioactive decay because in the way certain particles decay there is seems to be seems to be absolutely no input factors like even if you knew the position of every atom in the universe right now the exact position rotation velocity everything of the every single atom in the whole universe right now you could still not predict the way the certain
0: Particles decay. So, Glenn, are you telling me that this here is the culmination of your arc thus far in the series? It is. Yeah. You've yeah. found true random.
1: I found true random. Um. So I looked around on the internet to try and find. Like sometimes there's. Uh. I've heard of services where you can um, query for a number and it'll send it off to some lab where they're constantly doing these experiments and recording the results and it'll just like give you the the, the next result and it's like a a random number. Uh. And I couldn't find any of those. Like, I Hmm. definitely know they exist. Like, I've seen people
0: use them before. Uh, I couldn't find one. So so. what you're asking for the audience is to send us a link? Please. Through our Gmail? Send us us a radioactive...
1: Send send us a decaying particle. (laughs) And (laughs) a Geiger counter. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, So because of that, uh, there's pretty much also no way, even if you knew every position of every atom in the universe, to predict... Uh how i'm gonna what card i'm gonna draw next so
0: (laughs) so it's like the same thing
1: it's basically the same thing okay um i was just thinking that uh i'm gonna draw a card and then you're gonna draw a card and whenever we get a card that's the um that has already been drawn then that person will go first so first card my card that's a five vincent just got a five so vincent you're going first fantastic all right cool <laughs> wow that was uh what are the odds what are the odds you calculate it and send it to us at uh developmentheaven at gmail dot com.
0: clean very clean
1: <laughs> uh so vince <laughs> this is your this is your third time up first no fourth time up first in five episodes how does that mm-hmm.
0: feel uh, it feels good it feels good you know i've been you know it's nice i've been working hard my whole life uh, I've been grinding, you know, I've been working hard and, you know, to be finally to be able to receive this kind of recognition, y- you know, it's like that dreams that really is, do come true. You know what is. I mean?
1: Yeah, totally. Totally. I get
0: it. You'll have your day someday, Glenn, according <laughs> to the laws of random numbers. <laughs> it's likely that, yeah, laws of nature and entropy. You'll most likely go a couple times in a row at some point, too. So don't let that get you down.
1: Yeah, I, I I'll try.
0: So, Glenn, the two of us, obviously, big Star Wars fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody would know this by the fact that we have taken digs at the sequels, so you know we are a force to be, yeah, hard. Hard. to be reckoned with. Yeah, diehard. Force to be reckoned with, nice. So this week I wanted to talk about a canceled, a handful of, I mean, this week I have a, a bit of a double feature for you, Glenn. I got two Star Wars projects that, uh, were cancelled. Will never come out. Uh, okay. That are pretty inexorably linked. So I will hit them uh, beat by beat. So, okay. Today I'm talking about the television series Star Wars: Underworld and the video game Star Wars: Thirteen Thirteen.
1: Okay. What is Thirteen Thirteen all about? What does that What does that mean?
0: Uh, Thirteen Thirteen. I'll I'll get into it a little bit more later. But Thirteen Thirteen is a location in the Star Wars universe. It's a gotcha. uh, on coruscant like the 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 elites on coruscant live on the planet's surface you know okay. like the, yeah the people with the money and then the people that it's like society glenn i don't know That's if you me. know about society there's like society. levels yeah uh the you people that do everything
1: that yourself
0: don't have money live underground and so 1313 I, is, well,
1: don't, isn't it on Cor? i always thought of it on coruscant is like the people who don't have money live on the ground and then everyone else just lives on the like
0: in, the, in, the, in the towers, yeah, in the sky. Well, not not quite. the uh, The poor people live literally inside of the earth in a big, in a big tunnel. It's like and a so mine.
1: The f- they have like a mining industry down there, don't they? Basically, it's yeah. something
0: But the the floor itself, 1,313 is real subtle. By the way, George Lucas, it, you did just the unlucky number twice. Real real subtle. We saw right through you. Wait, you really? Big I, bastard. I didn't get that. <laughs> Thirteen, thirteen is where like all the crimes happen. It's the it's it's the seedy underbelly. Anyway, the
1: the dark side of Coruscant. We don't hear about that a lot.
0: No, and and this is where it was so anyway. I'll get into it. So even before the release of the original Star Wars, there were rumors that George Lucas was going to make a TV series, just like reusing props or whatever. It was going to be a TV series based on uh, the film. Okay. This never happened. There, there were a couple is, wait, of... Wait,
1: wait, wait. Uh, like what time period are we looking at here? Like
0: 76. like 76, Even okay. before the original original really? film came out. Yeah, because yeah. Star
1: Wars A New Hope, then called Star Wars, came out in 77. So. Yeah, so rumors
0: of this go way back. Y- you know, George Lucas, he, he was a filmmaker even before the release of Star Wars. He had a couple of movies okay. before that. Yeah. Anyway, Star Wars did get like a handful of television... Treatments like uh, there was those Ewok telly movies and like the Christmas special right and then and then he even went on to work on uh, He was somewhat involved with the young Indiana Jones Chronicles, but this specific series that was rumored never came to be Okay, it wasn't until after the release of the prequels, you know like 2005 ish Mm -hmm. that Lucas announced these Star Wars TV shows there's going to be one animated TV show and one live action. Uh, right, the animated the show Wars. ended up being The Clone Wars, exactly. And people oh, liked okay. it a lot. And so in the, I think it was the 2005 Star Wars celebration when Lucas announced this, he said, uh, the animated one is going to be first and then we'll do this live action TV show. Okay. It's going to be called Underworld and it's going to be set in the period between the prequels and the original trilogy. And it's gonna talk the about the... oh no
1: no that's that's during uh, Luke's time on Tatooine where he's growing up right right
0: yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah exactly so just a little bit of backstory on like why this happened from what I've gathered uh, you know like the old canon what people call legends now like the old right. comics and books and everything that and Disney that. disowned yes exactly George Lucas had some specifications on what content could be covered in this extended canon and what couldn't be. Hmm. He always said, you know, don't touch the Clone Wars because that's something that he wanted to deal with. Uh, but he would always encourage people to work on, you know, make content based on the CD underbelly of the Star Wars universe because, yeah, it's interesting. But uh, okay. for whatever reason, he never really wanted to touch it. He wanted, I guess.
1: Cause they're always talking about like space pirates and like other yeah, people like Han hunters, Solo, smugglers, yeah, yeah, totally. So, but we, but the only one we ever see is Han Solo, and he's got a nice redemption arc when Luke says she's rich.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the prequel or like the original trilogy is it's a very concentrated story. There's not a lot of it's very focused on like the main character, and it doesn't right. really deviate that much, even for world building. That's A lot of the world building really did come from the prequel movies, which is why, you know, the Clone Wars exists and all that. Right, right. So the planned setting of Star Wars Underworld was underneath the surface of Coruscant, which, you know, 1,313 floors down is called 1313, and it would later get fleshed out in novels and in the Clone Wars because the series Star Wars Underworld never came out. Uh, they apparently had like a hundred hours of story written and some of it filmed yeah leaked earlier this year was some test footage of Star Wars 13th or Star Wars Underworld and it looked good I mean test footage usually doesn't look good (laughs) well for for like a series from 2010 you know what they did is you know like in the Mandalorian how they don't use green screen they use like a big screen behind them
1: I didn't know that what what color is the
0: screen behind them it's it's okay i'll tell you about this later but basically they have these huge big like a, just a room of led speakers or led uh no you got tvs it. um and what they do is they you know take they, they take footage take pictures or and then you know edit them to look like star wars and then just display those behind them what yeah and it looks seamless
1: so that's like the the, the way they used to do backdrops you know was to with was a giant projection. painting a giant yeah, painting. yeah yeah so i guess they're kind of harkening
0: back to that with like a it's, practical background mm-hmm. and it's it's if you can buy the giant screens th- that's the only expense because everything else is really cheap and easy uh, anyway so uh star wars how am i underworld. gonna
1: how am i gonna make a harry potter invisibility cloak
0: if with no green screen <laughs> you're right uh star wars underworld was one one of the earlier versions of because it's like ilm still working on all this stuff and so they okay, had yeah. devised you know oh we use this sort of rear projecting with uh big tvs and all that so anyway yeah. it that's cool they're always a like big innovative. part of yeah and something that i've i'm learning learning about star wars underworld is that a lot of the things that were going to be used for this just were repurposed for other things it was delayed indefinitely and it sounds like it's mainly because of budget constraints uh and then you know when the disney buyout happened it was just completely canned
1: hmm. yeah yeah
0: however some of the ideas from star wars underworld were repurposed for various other star wars projects uh there were episodes about the retrieval of the death star plans and that became rogue one a star wars story oh really? or the, or there was uh there was an episode about how han Chewie, and lando met and then that became solo a star wars story Oh, one other thing. Um, the character Sagarrera was going to be one of the main characters in Underworld, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, to the point that they even introduced him in the Clone Wars. He oh, really? The first time we see Sagarrera, he's like a character during the Clone Wars, and then that was going to lead into Underworld. But then that became you know he became a character in Rogue One, right. and he shows up in Rebels. He's you know he's all around now. So he's kind of like a bone that they threw
1: to the the fans of the Clone Wars when they came to see. Rogue One.
0: Basically, yeah. yeah. There was one other uh, piece of media that was going to be associated with Star Wars Underworld, which was a tie-in video game, but when the series was delayed, it became its own separate entity, uh, which was known as Star Wars 1313. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Star Wars 1313 was first formally announced at E3 2012 and it opened, or it was announced alongside that trailer that you can see on youtube uh okay if you haven't seen it look it up glenn if you want to describe any of the trailer what it looked like
1: it looked really good like the motion capture and the models i thought were like when i was just scrubbing through it mm-hmm. the uh like small image i thought that was just like live action but you know watching the video it's like wow that's actually a video game and could have fooled me could have fooled me <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, people. so people were really excited for this game, just because the gameplay looked really good. Um, the gameplay itself, uh, obviously very inspired by the Uncharted games with the, you know, motion capture, action platformer, yeah, cover-based shooter. It's all very similar. Um, originally, apparently, so this is sort of a fun fact, it was going to be when they were making it as a tie-in to Underground, it was going to be like a Grand Theft Auto-style game. Oh, really? Yeah, but they like a free
1: free roaming like
0: uh Yeah, uh uh what's the word? Action what?
1: shooter kind of game.
0: Yeah, like open world, you steal Star Wars, Hovercrafts or whatever. But apparently they had hardware challenges, so they Really? went with Yeah, they ended up going with uh the Uncharted thing.
1: That makes sense. But I mean, and it worked, I guess, right?
0: Mhm. It no, oh, it obviously it cool. absolutely did. Um again, game looks fantastic. But it never came out. Uh, right. So, besides the hardware challenges, the other primary challenge that the LucasArts team faced during production was George Lucas himself. So, during the production of 1313, the team had already, you know, settled on this protagonist, like a unnamed bounty hunter. Uh, they got him fully motion captured, voice acted, and had a majority of the script put together. And then uh, they started working on the demo for E3. Okay. Then, about two months before the event, George Lucas popped into the LucasArts boardrooms and mandated that the game instead focus on Boba Fett, instead what? of that guy. Why? Yeah, so instead of the story and character that have already scripted and motion-captured and voice-acted, it should be Boba Fett. I'm going to get that what George wants. two thumbs down. <laughs> well, you can't tell George no. That's true, you really can't and that and so that was the thing. George was like, "Nope, I if we're making this, it has to be Boba Fett." And so here the team is 2 months before E3, they already have, you know, the trailer put together. So they release this trailer and all the while are working on how to fix the story structure to be a Boba Fett game now.
1: Mhm. That's okay.
0: This obviously threw a huge wrench in the development of the project, but I mean It wasn't too long after all this that star wars was purchased by disney and the whole thing was canceled anyway Mm. so here is the official uh gameplay that we know would have been covered in this new version of the game i just want to run it past you real fast okay this is from the star wars wikipedia the wikipedia right where they say um The player would have taken on the role of an unidentified bounty hunter, who would soon be killed by a mysterious figure, subsequently revealed to be Boba Fett. You would then play as Boba Fett for the rest of the game.
1: That's kind of weird. I would like to have seen that. I I don't know. I feel like it could have worked, but it's definitely creative.
0: When I had first read this treatment, you know, I was just confused. It was before I knew about the backstory of George Lucas said it would have to be a Boba Fett game. So if I were to be playing a game for the first you know quarter or so, I'm playing as this one fully realized character only for him to be killed and then replaced, I mean, that'd be a weird game, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's bold. It's bold. It's certainly bold. That was actually a big problem with the well it it's not the main problem but it is a big problem that plagued the development of both of these projects was that lucas films wasn't sure they were willing to take a risk on this more adult kind of mature star wars sure. adventure
1: yeah that makes sense
0: all right but glenn i want to do something fun with you all
1: right let's do something fun
0: Let's do something fun, right? Just briefly, I wanted to introduce a new segment that I thought we could return to every once in a while. So if you'll, you know, take my hand, I'll set the scene. We're walking on the beach, right? And real romantic, but suddenly. Suddenly. There's uh, some drums, the sound of drum beats on this beach. And we come across something buried in the sand. What is that, Glenn? It's a old MS-DOS computer. What? And it's got the source code for Star Wars 1313. What? Wow, check that out. So here's what we're gonna do. You are a game maker. Wait, how do I say that? You're a game designer? I'm developer. Game designer. Developer, that's it. Either way. You design games. We have in front of us the code that was going to be used for Star Wars thirteen thirteen before okay. the whole thing got scrapped. I didn't see. It is. Okay. Yes. How do we make this a game? What do we do to it?
1: Oh jeez. Um do we have any assets? Like, oh we have all art? the assets we have all the assets we have all
0: the art we have everything it's all on this ms dos computer
1: is it are you asking me what i would change about it
0: yeah let's just like you and me brainstorm okay, how do we make okay. this a good game because it'll never come out sure sure that's the thing about this game it will never be released so all we can do is everything we say is safe <laughs> exactly i do kind of think that my first change would be don't make it a Boba Fett game or make it a Boba Fett game the entire time.
1: Yeah, I guess. I really latched on to the Mandalorian character, but Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would have said that before. Anyway, uh, that being said, I I think that making it just uh, either a nameless Mandalorian or just a a Mandalorian we haven't met yet and giving him a name would be kind of cool. We get more creative liberty with how we design the character.
0: Yeah. Star Wars lore, and obviously this is 10 years ago, but Star Wars fans are very, they like Boba Fett a lot, despite the fact that he's never really done too much.
1: That was the reason Jango Fett got such a big thing in the prequels, right? It was Mm -hmm. because they killed, or George Lucas killed off
0: Boba Fett too fast and didn't realize before he could do anything cool. Yeah. Yeah. And he's good for merch. I'm sure. I bet there were a lot of like helmets, jetpacks, helmets sold. Yeah. yeah, totally.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think that's a good change. Um, was this was this another like uh, cover-based shooter or or?
0: Yeah, cover-based shooter like Uncharted or um, Gears of War. That kind of. You
1: know, I don't really play a lot of a lot of AA shooter games. Like, uh, but um, so I don't know. You know I don't I've really been... have a whole lot of like prowess for like designing mm.
0: those. I've told you I've been playing the Uncharted games. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I think they're really fun. Um, the gameplay isn't... I, I, I'm not super into cover-based shooters, personally. Okay, so would you change but that? I don't think I would change it just because I still really enjoy Uncharted for the story and for, like, the characters. And yeah. I think the world is really fun. So
1: and I, and I think the way that we see Mandalorians portrayed in the movies kind of lends to a cover-based shooter AA type.
0: Yeah, I mean, all... You know, you say that, I think most of the shooting in Star Wars is cover based. So, yeah, I mean it works. Then again, right? now so. that I
1: think about it, that's like definitely like stormtroopers and like the the rebellion, but when I think about like the Mandalorians, I think about them flying around. So, maybe not cover based, but maybe like mobility based. A mobility based shooter.
0: I definitely have more experience playing those. Are there a lot of I'm I'm curious genuinely. Are there a lot of like third person mobility based shooters? I feel like that would be kind of difficult.
1: I think, is it, uh, Overwatch is in third person or is it, I don't know, but it's, a, it's mobility based and same with, um, uh, I don't know, Star Wars Battlefront. I get the feeling that it's mobility based cause you've got that dodge roll. Mm-hmm. I don't play it, but my brother does. Uh, but then again, I do see a lot of people taking cover. So I think that one, because it's competitive, people just kind of play how, how like they feel is, is right. And they, and the game lends to that. It allows you to play how you want to. I don't know. I think I think being able to like fly around and go up to platforms, uh, if that was like a major mechanic, I think that's really cool. That's that's something that gets me going.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I like, think or maybe you're you maybe see... you're taking
1: cover, but to like fly, but to get to the next cover, it's not always just a matter of running. It's like maybe you have to fly up to a platform or jump down or something like that.
0: That does sound cool. Right. I think the uh, the gameplay shown in that demo for E3 was a lot more focused on. You it looked like they were sitting still. Yeah, I mean, it was uncharted style where it's all very—it's like basically platforming. You know, you're pressing yep. X to jump up to the next ledge as you're climbing up a spaceship.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, definitely incorporating like the rockets and the uh, grappling hook. Didn't didn't he have a grappling hook?
0: He did. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think it was. So maybe was having for like a like people. like
1: incorporating that where you can like swing from platform to platform might be kind of cool.
0: Yeah, you know, I like that. I think having a more mobile bounty hunter mandalorian type character would be a very fun protagonist to play as in a video game and
1: i don't think it should be a puzzler but maybe like uh when i think bounty hunter like setting traps like you know, like you're to get around certain enemies sometimes mm. sometimes it's not always shooting sometimes you're placing a mine and then like getting their attention so they come and like you know blow themselves up or like fall off of something
0: I don't and you know what else would be cool is if you had like a choice of the different missions you can yeah, choose yeah. based on the different bounties. and Cause whatnot. he's a bounty. Yeah. Cause he's a, he's Cause a, he's a he's bounty a hunter
1: free roaming. He's his own man. And you know, let the, let the player make the the character what they want in what, what they want to see in that character. You know what I mean?
0: Well, Glenn, we did it.
1: We fixed star Wars 13, We did dude. We did it. A real, a uh, real achievement. All right. Get programming. Let's go.
0: <laughs> Let's move it, people. Vince,
1: how do you well, feel about heroism and like heroes in general? Do you have like a something to say on that?
0: Uh, n- uh I am a firm believer in the story circle. Elaborate That's on it. that for me a little bit. You know the hero's journey. Okay. Okay. Most stories. So everyone. So it, you, you think Wars heroes especially. like generally
1: start from a place of either. Mundanity, or like, a, uh, or like, or maybe even like a scoundrel like, like Han Solo? Is that, I mean, I think that's what I think of when I think of the uh, the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's that. So you're all about like people changing, people growing and changing to yeah, become a hero.
0: Yeah, I, I am, yeah. I like that's, that. If that's what we want to take away from this, I definitely Yeah, am. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Cool. Well, like I said, no fun facts this week, so that's the end of my segment. All right. So I guess I'll jump right into my thing.
1: Let's Uh, do it. But before we do that, Vincent, do you have a favorite food? I know you like to cook. Um, Huh. You make, uh, I remember you made a lot of frittatas, but I think you only said, you said that was only because you didn't have the tools to make anything else. It was
0: for convenience. Yeah, Yeah. That was when my only pan was a cast iron skillet. Yeah. It's, hmm, favorite food. I've thought about this a lot. Okay. I really like sushi. Okay. I think sushi is probably my favorite food.
1: Nice. Okay.
0: What's your, uh, does that answer your question? What, uh, what, 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 what's your favorite food?
1: You know, I'm, I'm big into rice. I really like paella.
0: Hmm.
1: That can either be expensive or hard to get sometimes. So I also really like jambalaya or just dirty rice. I like, I like a lot of Cajun yeah. yeah. food. I like a lot of Cajun food. Yeah. yeah, Not that that has anything to do with, what I'm going to talk about today. Uh, I'm here to tell you about everyone's favorite uh, canceled sci-fi TV show, Firefly. Okay. So All th- right. Interesting. I, th- I think it's fitting that you talked about Star Wars because mm-hmm. that's kind of the conclusion that I want to draw here. I, I guess I'll kind of lead with it and then I'll, and then I'll backtrack. All right. Uh, Firefly, as many people know, or, uh, some people consider it to have been martyred because- I have heard that, yeah. It was just kind of killed by Fox, The uh, the- tv network Mm -hmm. and um many people attribute its success its subsequent success to that cancellation um and i think it's kind of like in contrast to star wars star wars media is oversaturated in like everything we see so agreed at least nowadays at least nowadays and now nowadays because it's oversaturated i think any new star wars material will just divide fans like there's no there's nothing that was going to please everybody and we see that in the sequels you know it's just a mess because they're trying to keep people happy and there's just no way to do it mm-hmm. and in, in, on the other side of that uh firefly is very undersaturated. we nobody got the as much firefly as they wanted and <laughs> yeah. uh, and they so taste and so any any new firefly material fans just instantly jump on that like like where they're hungry for it, it doesn't matter if it's like you know, not exactly what they wanted or not how they envisioned things going. They just, like, okay. anything from the Firefly universe is just, like... People... But, like, mainly what I was talking about is like, the cult following. So, people, like, dress up to go to see the, um, like, screenings and all that. hmm
0: Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, people are, like, all about it. Yeah. All right. So, there's, like, a Firefly board game. Serenity. Firefly... They, I,
1: I don't... Oh, you know what? No, there is. There's a Serenity RPG. There's a, So, there's a video okay. game. There's some comics and the movie Serenity. And I, I'm going to tell you about the movie Serenity for a bit. So, uh, if you don't know, it's a sequel to the TV show Firefly, which aired on Fox in 2002. Um, to very low, very poor. It was it was not successful when it came on TV. Mm-hmm. But then again, it was in the first season, and the TV station aired them out of order. Uh, we'll talk really? more about that later. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> they screwed them over. I'll talk more on that later. Um, but uh, years later, in 2008, the movie Serenity came out. Uh, and let me tell you this, I don't know of any other movie where this happened, but while the movie was in development, they screened unfinished portions of the movie and people paid to see it. Really? Like in movie theaters? In movie theaters. People paid to, fans, not like critics or anything, fans bought tickets, scalped tickets for over $100 and they, and they always sold out. So this
0: is, this is the thing I hear about, um...
1: They came dressed up. It's like a whole cult thing.
0: Yeah. This is the thing I hear about Firefly more often than anything else. The fact that it seems like it would be really successful if people just gave it a chance. Yeah, totally. Yeah.
1: People have, like I said, like I said, people bought tickets for over $100. These theaters sold out to see unfinished cuts of the movie. Uh, I I guess it was the same people every time because (laughs) when the movie actually released, it had very middling results. Um, oh okay uh
0: but the um it's not like they were going for mass appeal it was a movie about a tv show that nobody watched
1: right 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 um that and the reason that the tv show had so much uh significance now is because uh well like i said it was it was killed prematurely uh Mm -hmm. they they recorded and edited like 14 episodes but only 11 of them aired yeah yeah it was kind of like a no brainer for Fox when they first picked it up because it was like, it's super cheap. Like the show had had, <laughs> had like no budget. Right. Uh, there's very, there's a little bit of CGI, but other than that, like, and, and there's like a, a few location shots that were in, um that were in like the LA area, the Southern California area. But all, most of the shots are just on set in the universal, like, like lot, like just, or, mm-hmm. you know, they were just, just there. Uh, that's, that's, Sort of one of the things I want to talk about is how like this show, even though it's a sci-fi western, it's not really, uh, um, it's not really sci-fi. I mean, it takes place in not space. like how you'd expect. Yeah, it's not. It takes place in space, but the show isn't about anything that happens in this futuristic universe. It's about the interactions between people. It's a show about people and their relationships with each other. And uh, I've heard it said that that's one of the things that made. I've never seen. um I've never watched uh, uh, Game of Thrones, but one of uh-huh. the things that I've heard about it that made it so good was that it wasn't about fantasy. I mean, it was a fantasy TV show, but it wasn't about the fantasy aspects of the universe. It was about the people and their interactions yeah, character with character-driven. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so that's another thing that Fox, like, when another thing that ruined this is that Fox, they sort of um, marketed this as a action comedy. And so anybody who came looking for an action comedy got like a gritty, character-driven, m- morally gray kind of like okay. introspective, existential like <laughs> right. thing. And it's huh. like not at all what they were looking for. Um, and anyone who does like that kind of thing wasn't really keen on watching uh, Fox's new quirky action comedy. Right. Um,
0: okay. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. So that's part partially responsible for its low numbers. Um, also, it was in like Fox has this like death slot, like the I think it's like eight o'clock on Fridays. Every show they put there, they just cancel. Like, I I don't know. There's got to be some conspiracy there, because
0: they should probably delete that hour.
1: Yeah, right. It's like what? Um, but they they've canceled over thirty Friday night shows.
0: Uh, more, <laughs> more than any. That's got to be a re- That's got to be a record. It is
1: more than any other uh, uh, station. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> cool. Like, oh geez okay cool um but yeah that's one of the things the things that i like about the uh the show is that it's it's about humans it's about their their um relationships with each other and Mm -hmm. uh there aren't any aliens so one of the things that's relatable about this is it's still set in a universe where we can ask the question are we alone and wonder and be in awe of the universe well here joss whedon the director and and the producer the writer everything he the creator of the show Uh, mr firefly mr firefly himself and mr buffy the uh vampire slayer um and mr Mr. avengers Avengers battle of new york uh he's done he's done a lot of things um Mm -hmm. he went when when he was originally pitching the idea he said he wanted to make a show about nine people who look into the blackness of space and see nine different things
0: so yeah
1: kind of cool kind of cool damn um Joss also wanted to have like uh, he he said that the future or like in, in his mind the future will have the same political moral and ethical problems that we have today, um, and so he wanted that to kind of translate over and uh, like like I've been talking about. Uh,
0: That's kind of dour. Yeah, yeah. He said that <laughs> he said that
1: in the future we're going to have more technology, but like everything else is going to be the same. But we'll um, still be sad. But we'll still be sad. Yeah, hmm. uh, that was actually one of the things that Fox didn't like about the show. Fox was giving him, like, a super hard time about uh, the the first episode. They made him rewrite the whole thing in, like, a weekend. So it was like, uh, the, he, he he gave them the episode on Friday, and then by Monday he had to, like, rewrite it. Uh, one of the things they didn't like about it was that um, they thought it was too dark. They thought that the the main character, uh, Malcolm, Mal, was too... They needed to write him more jolly, whatever that means. They thought he was too dour. huh um, yeah, which kind of goes against the whole thing that he was, like, the whole premise of the show.
0: Right, they wanted Captain Kirk.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, I think in the in the original, like, script for the first episode, he uh, discharged two characters from an airlock, you know, killing them. Whoa. Okay. And uh, Fox didn't like that. They didn't think people could get behind, like, a, a murderer. Mm. Um, so I guess that makes sense, but... Um, they didn't. They said that they didn't like that the show was about nobodies who get squished by. Th- th- these are their words. They said they didn't like that the show was about nobodies who get squished by policy. They said they instead wanted it to be about like policymakers, which to me doesn't make any sense at all. But so no, I,
0: that sounds like they're totally up their ass.
1: Yeah, I know, I know. So I, I looked into it. Um, I did a little bit of research in, in that regard because I w- that was confusing to me. And it turns out that uh, this was right after the X Files was was. Uh, had, they had just ended. They just ended the X-Files. So they were looking mm-hmm. for something to fill that uh, kind of sci-fi uh, existential void. They wanted the, they wanted to keep the fans, the sci-fi fans that were watching Fox, still watching Fox. So they were going to throw them another um, sci-fi thing that they could yeah. sink their teeth into. Um, I don't watch the X-Files, so I don't really know anything about it. Another kind of weird thing is that um, the, the Whedon, the director, wanted it to like feel kind of like a documentary style. So all of the, all of the camera work is done handheld, um, which is kind of weird, but yeah. So like the, like uh, the
0: office, like, like mockumentary.
1: No, 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 not like that. Not like that. Okay. Um, <laughs> I just rough around the edges, I guess is the word.
0: Oh, so sort of so, uh, like, like sort of shaky cam.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Shaky cam. Okay. And and I think right. like the cameramen are like crawling around behind the, the characters when they're like walking around inside the the ship and all that. So it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're like really there. And like that's what he he told the cameraman and the, and the whole crew. He said uh, he said you are there. Like that was that was what he wanted them to have in mind while they're while they're filming it. Um so a, a lot of the shots are like intentionally misframed or out of focus, which when I first watched it was really jarring, but I uh, you know, it's, it comes to be charming after you watch the first couple episodes. And all of that adds to this like uh, documentary found footage type kind of um Thing I guess I guess all of sure. that was you know like I said direct contrast with, um, the with Star Trek in which the characters are kind of larger than life, the characters in in uh, I don't know like Captain Kirk and Picard and all of them are like perfect like they can they can do no wrong. That's true. I mean
0: the Star Trek the entire universe is pretty immaculate. That's right. Yeah. Space no communism. Yeah. It's
1: nice. know mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> this is <laughs> this is really funny. Little fun fact. Uh-huh. Uh, David Boyd the director of photography he was super on board with Whedon's idea. And uh so we, they bought like really expensive lenses for him to use and he sent them back and bought cheaper ones because he wanted <laughs> he wanted lens flare it right yeah yeah he wanted it to like he wanted it, he said that it was like supposed to harken back to the uh the dramas of the 1970s like 1970s TV westerns and films like that that have a lot of lens Okay flare. yeah I can see yeah, that which I think works really well considering it is a space western Sure Hey Vincent mm. Do you have a biggest fear
0: Um, woof. I don't know. I used to have a thing about dark windows. Really? Really? Do I need to elaborate on that at all?
1: (laughs) Um, yeah. What about the dark, dark, dark windows kind of like, uh, unsettled you?
0: Well, I haven't thought about it since I was in like, by the way, I get this.
1: like, I, I can, I can relate, but,
0: uh, okay. It was a thing where I, at one point got really into like watching scary videos on YouTube or whatever. Mm. and there was this one that really stuck with me where they're like some people at an abandoned house and they come across, they're like looking at the windows and then there's one you can't see anything into and then there's like a skeleton face and that's all it, that's all it took for me until <laughs> for a while. You, and they got you. Yeah, yeah, it got me.
1: So it's kind of like the like, violence that could come out of like not knowing what's there or is, or is it more about yeah. like, not being in control? like not like you're not in control of the situation if the like
0: those are two interesting
1: distinctions um
0: (laughs) we're getting a little we're getting real deep here vincent the violence i'll say the violence part okay
1: okay nice all right back to fire being suspicious am i being suspicious
0: you're being a little suspicious you You know what i'm gonna do you're gonna call me out (laughs) i'm gonna call you okay
1: uh, so this is for those of you who don't know uh, an episode or an, a, a segment we like to call Buzzfeed semicolon Buds Freed, <laughs> in which it's it, back, it's back, triumphant return, back and ready for more, uh, where we uh, give a quiz, a Buzzfeed quiz to the other person with hopefully without them knowing.
0: Uh, We're both really good at this.
1: Yeah, I managed to get. Let's see, one, two, three four really five I, six I, six i got six holy cow
0: really yeah. i i honestly only caught two of those
1: okay uh i'm just gonna run through them. okay this is so bad i looked for like which firefly <laughs> character uh <laughs> quizzes are you are you like i looked for those uh-huh. i looked so hard there this is like the only one all right so vincent pick your enemy <laughs> uh
0: we've got man i'll, I'll just
1: man okay uh four five of these six four of these six are men okay um i'll just i'll just run through them how about that yeah there is like the big old hegemon alliance type there's the um there's the the crazy gold digger bitch there's the uh king of the mud planet
0: i think it's probably mud king mud king's your enemy nice yeah i think it's mud king uh
1: how do you defeat that enemy
0: wits wits battle of wits
1: uh outsmart them okay yeah um, who's your onboard romance? You might want to... Alan Tudyk. Uh, Alan Tudyk, okay. Yeah, I saw that Easy. coming. Bruh. You got, um, Captain Malcolm Reynolds, so good job. Cool. Yeah, you got Na- Nathan it. Fillion's character. <laughs> uh, you're a natural leader who toes the line between hero and villain. You're the backbone of your close circle of friends, but those outside your inner circle fear
0: you, and with good reason. Yeah, that's just about vague enough to be me. <laughs> yeah, right? But I'll tell you what, Glenn, it's nice to hear you finally say it.
1: <laughs> uh you know who i got yeah i got uh, i got tudic i got um wash
0: nice yeah very nice so
1: look at us a couple of buds <laughs> Ugh, okay now that that's out of the way let's talk character designs because these are, i think are really cool you don't really hear about that in like live action very much yeah it's called like because it's called costuming in live action mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, i think it's i think it's fun to talk about um so the mechanic character, Kaylee, uh, apparently her design was it was a kind of mosh of, like, the Asian youth because they have this whole, like... Uh, the Alliance is, like, a, a Borg of, like, the United States and Chinese. Like, they were the only surviving superpowers, so they, like, mash to form the Alliance. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so there's, like, this, all this Asian influence in a lot of uh, sort of background imagery. So Kaylee was inspired, sort of this mash of, like, Asian youth plus Rosie the Riveter plus, like, Chinese communist propaganda. She's, like, so she's always got, like, the trousers, like, loose trousers and, like, the tank top, and she's always covered in grease and, like, you know, her hair tied back and stuff like that.
0: Okay, yeah, I see what you mean.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, River and Simon were meant to, like, contrast each other in this kind of yin-yang thing. They're, like, brother and sister. So, Simon is, like, the yin, and uh, River is, like, the yang, which I think is kind of cool. That uh, I think that played pretty well, like, sort of plot-wise. Um when they, this is kind of funny when they were first like designing the bad guys they wanted to they were like think nazi because <laughs> they're fighting like, like star wars yeah like just like star Wars. Yeah. they were thinking this um about like this uh big bad hegemon as like the the enemy so of course you know where do you go but nazi um <laughs> and the original designs were too nazi they were just straight up nazi uniforms so oh great so yeah. <laughs> mix that one um Later, uh, they decided to just... Uh, they literally just rented the costumes from Starship Troopers. Uh-huh. So, there you go. I guess that worked. Um, all right, all right, finally. In true uh, Development Heaven fashion, we got to talk about the unproduced episodes, the lost levels, if mm, you will.
0: Sure. Um, <laughs> I like that.
1: I think a lot of these lost levels were generally more like like grittier than some of the other episodes.
0: Okay. Uh, Does that mean like the... Fox chose the episodes that they thought would be lighter. No, or? I
1: I, mean, I think they did, but uh, eventually, all fourteen of the recorded episodes were re- were released. So I think that th- these are just these were ideas that they had for later seasons that hadn't been okay, written yet. Sure. Just there's things that were clinking around inside their heads. Um, Alan Tudyk had an idea for an episode in which they go to like a planet where it's like a day side and a night side because of the way it rotates, you know, how space works. Um, how like our moon, like our planet, like our, what? No.
0: Oh, always. Yeah, like it's always. yeah. Sorry, okay, I guess that wasn't yeah. clear. Yeah, like the moon has a light <laughs> side and a
1: dark side. Yeah. Just like the force. Well, um, whoa. whoa. Uh, so they went to this night side of the planet, and there was like a dog fighting ring going on, and so they had to, um, like, go and catch some of these wild dogs to use in the dog fighting ring. And the, and the, the sort of comic relief character, uh, Jane, Jane Cobb spills like the pheromone they were using and, uh, they get attacked by the dogs. Um, okay. Yeah. That sounds like a classic Looney tunes bit, I guess. Yeah. I don't really know. Uh, and then the, the, the character river who is like supposed to get a lot more development <laughs> and she's like introduced as like, she's like 11 basically. Oh. But think like the first episode of Stranger Things where she like doesn't talk and that's River the whole time because she was meant to have more later.
0: But they just never they do just it. never
1: did it because the show was canceled.
0: <laughs> well, that is sad. Yeah,
1: <laughs> um, she has like mind power abilities and she uses those to like domesticate the dogs, making them useless for dog fighting. So kind of like a happy ending, I guess. Uh. I don't know. I, yeah, this, I'm sure that would have been more fleshed out had they actually gone through with it. Right. Um, Adam Baldwin, the guy who played, uh, Jane Cobb, like I said, the comic relief character, um, eventually he was, he wanted to make a, the actor wanted to have an episode where Jane gets his own ship. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay. So this actor just wants to be the star of his own show. Um, mm-hmm. But backdoor no, pilot. apparently what he wanted was for he, he was like, oh, it'd be cool if if Jane got his own ship there was like a multi-episode arc where he's like trying to pilot and and or command his own ship and then he has to compete with mal for a job or something and Jane he wanted Jane, his own character to fail miserably and be humbled by the experience and have to come okay. come like hanging his head walking crawling back to mal and and then and then from then on it respect him as a captain more which I think would have been really cool because like one of the main dynamics between those two characters is that, or, or between uh, Jane and the whole entire crew is that he uh, is only there for the money. Like that's, he's constantly saying like, you know, if the pay is better, if, if they pay me better, I'm going to go join their side. Mm, right. So yeah, I think that would have been a really cool like uh, sort of character development for him. Like I said, a lot of them were a lot more morally gray than some of the other ones. And a good example of that is uh, in one episode that they had planned, they were going to have serenity the ship land on a dying planet like an ice planet okay and uh all of the inhabitants there are like you know they're struggling to get by because their planet's falling apart and they you know they they beg the crew to take them with them off the planet uh and they do the math in their head or they they do the calculations and find out <laughs> we don't have enough air or food to get you to get all of the citizens of this planet somewhere else sure and they're like, if we took them, we'd be gambling that we're gonna find another ship on the way, to um, restock, resupply us. Either that, and it's that mm-hmm. or we die, right? So they they've, <laughs> yeah. they've kind of got this. They, they decide to put it to a vote for the crew, and um, the uh, and I don't really know what they planned to that what they plan to transpire here, but um, at, something. I think they were gonna have like the, the citizens try to like hijack the ship or something like that anyway Malcolm locks him eventually locks himself inside the the cockpit with all the crew on board and none of the citizens revs up the engines and flies them away and so no matter what they voted on he took the decision and therefore the guilt of killing this entire planet onto himself
0: huh yeah I mean yeah that's uh, you don't walk away from that episode enjoying the show yeah. quite as much.
1: I think it would have been cool to see though. I mean, I like like episodes that have or, or T V and movies that have that kind of like wow, I don't know.
0: Well they work I agree. It's just it's that like it's the office factor where they had to mm. change the show after season one to make the endings of episodes. Yeah. This is the thing in T V where you wanna have the endings of the episodes be at least satisfying or, you know
1: Oh well here, let me finish. Um okay. sorry, I forgot to mention on the way as they were leaving, they, they don't find another ship before they get to their destination. So it's like, Oh, if I had, if we had taken them, we all would have died, Mm -hmm. but it's still like he made, he, he, he is directly responsible for the deaths of, you know, hundreds of people. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh heavy, heavy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, a lot of the other ones are meant to be like that, that gritty, like, like, I don't know, uh, real, uh. real Alan Moore type, uh, writing (laughs) for sure. Yeah uh okay time for some fun facts you know how i like it uh <laughs> you know, man nice uh, yeah. rebound from that one um I, one thing i want to point out is how much of an online following this has as soon as it like got canceled like it's it right. had a massive online following in 2002 like this is before you know any like big social media was uh, was right. so, so it's like
0: early early discussion forums right
1: yeah yeah and um there's so many like fan sites and fan blogs. The fans for this thing are nuts.
0: Like I said, I already told mm-hmm. you
1: how they like they like paid hundreds of dollars for tickets to unfinished movies. They would like, yeah. I think they would also like camp out in the like you know how people ca- like camp out at sporting events hoping to buy like tickets from you know people like oh I gotta uh go do something else, and they sell their ticket to yep. somebody like right outside the the stadium room. Apparently, people were expecting that at the movie, so people would like camp out and in the lobbies of the theaters that were showing it
0: so they could maybe get a chance of getting yeah in. dude this that's wild freaking nuts <laughs> <laughs>
1: um let's see uh what are some of the wild things they did they raised um fourteen thousand dollars in donations uh to purchase a firefly dvd set with that comes with the movie and serenity the, the sorry the movie serenity and the show firefly and mm-hmm. they wanted to put it on board uh 250 u.s naval ships by april 2004 for recreational viewing by the crew, weird. and they did,
0: and it worked. And it worked. And they yeah, did they it? did it totally, straight up. Huh. I guess. <laughs> it's a. It's sort of a weird association.
1: Uh, I guess my dad was is a real Star Wars fan, and a lot of people mm-hmm. don't think about that when they meet him. They're like, like I remember Matthew was like totally taken aback when he heard that my dad saw uh, <laughs> Star Wars: A New Hope when it was just Star Wars three times in theater. Right. Um. But, uh, he's such a, I, to him, I think to him originally it was kind of like a top gun kind of thing. Like it was a show about like hotshot pilots, hmm. which, okay. which a new that. hope is, you know, I I don't think there's any denying that. So I think that that's, uh, I don't think there's such a stretch between, you know, a, a Navy, um, seaman and a, uh, somebody who's in a Firefly. I don't know. Sure. Um then again people in the military come from all walks of life it's it's not just one type of person uh but anyway some more fun facts uh about the fans um sort of in the same vein NASA astronaut Steve Swanson took the DVD set with him that same DVD set with the movie and the in the show uh took him on the space shuttle yeah. in 2007 so it's it's currently in the ISP you know if you ever want to <laughs> cool. watch it in space you can do that in case I'm ever up there right um yeah and there's also like a fan made sequel to serenity uh it follows a different crew but they've got all the same types like they've got the captain the pilot the the comic relief the um what's it what's he called the, the mechanic you know all the different they've got all the same archetypes um mm-hmm. but it's like different different characters um i watched the trailer for it i mean it looked okay for a fan film i i wouldn't have gone to see it but i mean it's, it still looks all right <laughs> Was
0: it officially released? Yeah, uh, yeah. It so just... it wasn't in, like, theaters or anything, huh. but
1: it was officially released. It made 115000 So, you know, really not bad at all. And it all went to charity, which is cool. nuts. You know, I, I don't know. It seems like a lot of people spend a lot of time on this. I don't have time to make a feature-length film in my free time and then donate that money to charity. Um, but they did. And uh, the movie actually got its blessing from Joss Whedon. So, you know. all all kinds of that's pretty cool so it's like set in
0: the universe and everything official canon
1: yeah yeah totally yeah i think that's really cool when when people can do that um joss Whedon went Mm -hmm. on record saying that the uh serenity kind of gave him like the closure he needed like with the way they left season one fully expecting to have seven seasons he was like man this is like it was like an itch you know and so when he got to make the movie (laughs) serenity it um he said that they like gave him closure for that it also, a lot of people speculate that that was what propelled him into, um, be, to be able to direct the Avengers when it came out in, what was that, like 2011 or something? Because that, mm. was, that was like, uh, the 2008 Serenity was the first time he was ever on the silver screen or f- first time he was ever directing a movie for, uh, for theaters. Uh, so I think that's, that's pretty cool. Um, here's a little uh, a sentiment that, I don't know, that I thought of while I was watching um, a, a few remarks uh if you uh-huh. will um you know like the you know that saying like uh, all good things must come to an end Mhm so yeah, i i don't know about you but like when i whenever whenever i heard that before i was always like i was attributed to like it's like an entropy thing like you're saying that like nothing lasts forever right like that's that's the meaning of that saying is that it, it, anything I get, good or I bad isn't going to last not... just because the chaotic nature of our universe but um what i've what i you know this is kind of like i don't know i started to think about it differently as i was doing research into this project where i started to think about like maybe what makes something good is is it the end maybe it's not saying yeah. that everything has to end it's saying that like all good things must come to an end in order for something to be good it has to end so i that's all i have
0: all right in that case folks that's the show So gonna go ahead and thank you, Glenn, for the intro music. The song is called Bird. It's on SoundCloud, which we have linked in the description.
1: Also linked are Matthew Innie and Natalie Quick. Matthew did our various logos, and Natalie did some great work on our covers. So thank you to them, and thank you to you for listening.
0: Uh, So we are on Apple Podcasts now. So if you want to go ahead and leave a review in your, you can do it straight from the app. It really does help. And while you're at it, if you want to go ahead and send us an email, uh, you know, ask questions. What topics you want us to cover? Uh, we would like to build some interaction with the fans, so let us know. Bicentennial Man, Glenn. Bicentennial Man.
1: What? Bicentennial. Bicentennial
0: Man. Man. That's uh, uh, it's Robin Williams. He has sex as a cyborg. That answers our question.
1: Oh, you're right. Glad we cleared that up. <laughs>
0: It would have kept me up at night. Honestly,
1: yeah. Although, thinking about uh, cyber sex might do that.